Welcome to the Steel Study Podcast, episode number 31, Sunday, December 12th, 2021, a Steelers free Sunday. Having played on Thursday night against the Minnesota Vikings, and I am your host here, Jeremy Ritz, still a grateful and appreciative host despite the loss, despite the turmoil of this season. Just grateful and appreciative to have the opportunity to watch the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's not always going to be rose petals and butterflies. Sometimes it's going to be dark skies and chaos. But the Steelers will prevail. This too shall pass. Maybe not this season. But I'm here to give you some reasons for optimism in these final four games and beyond. But as I always start the show, it's super important to express my gratitude to you for being supporters of the Still Study, for listening to the study sessions, listening to the Still Study podcast, reading my articles. It truly does mean the world to me, so thank you for that. Please continue to share with your family and friends. That helps me spread the message of the Still Study and my gratitude to you for that. Please drop me a line, one of three ways you can comment on the articles on the website, thestillstudy.com. At the bottom of the articles, there is a comment action tab. Leave me your thoughts there. Drop me a line via email at thestillstudy at gmail.com or, or and, give me a follow on Twitter at stillstudy. I would love to connect with you every Saturday I do. The Steelers Saturday mailbag where I get your questions, comments, feedback on the show and would love to make you a part of a study session. And then finally, I have to mention the podcast that I do with Jim Wexel over on his site. That podcast is aptly titled the Steel City Insider Podcast. Jim is a goat of Steelers beat writers. He's one of the OGs, super insightful, super knowledgeable you want to check that out. So head over to the Still City Insider. That is linked in the show notes. Be sure to check that out. But here we go. Episode number 31 of the Still Study Podcast. Steelers coming off what started to be an embarrassing performance. And it really was overall defensively against the Minnesota Vikings. And then in the fourth quarter... Like we saw against the Ravens, the Steelers turned it around at least offensively and somewhat defensively to make a last-minute push and to really lead them two plays away from tying the game and pushing it into overtime. I'm speaking of the perfect pass that Roethlisberger threw there with two seconds left on the clock. It hit Pat Freyermuth directly in the hands. He squeezed it for a split second. It fell out. End of the ball game. No hate or dismay for Pat Fryermuth. He's a rookie. He's learning. Those things are going to happen. I feel bad for the guy because he's played his heart out. He has seven touchdown receptions so far with four games to go. The guy showing that he's a gamer. And can you just imagine what he's going to produce next year? The same for Najee Harris. Those guys in year two, based on the rookie seasons they have put forth, They've got great potential to do some tremendous things. I wanted to start today's show by 
just taking a look at these final four contests and what the reality is here in terms of postseason. And I know many people out there would say, oh, just lose out. Oh, they're not going to win anything. They're terrible. Forget it. Bah, 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 bah. Yeah, I get it. Their defense isn't great. They've given up a 1,000-plus rushing yards over the past, I think it's six games, which, yes, is awful. But depending on what your mindset is, if it's a fixed mindset, if it's a growth mindset, there's still opportunities to improve for people to step up, for players to elevate and to turn this season around somewhat. They've got 10 days off now in between that Vikings contest and the next game against the Tennessee Titans. That game will be in Pittsburgh at at home. And if we're going by the reports that this is, in fact, Roethlisberger's last season, this is his second-to-last home game. Thankfully for the Steelers, Derrick Henry is injured. He will not play. But you know that Titans team is going to come out and try and attack the Steelers with the running game, even though they don't have Henry out there. And really, the Steelers should know that for the remainder of the season, the way they are going to be attacked is on the ground. Is there even a need for teams to throw the ball? Until they show... Not even that they can completely stop the run, but just that they can slow it down. That's going to be the mode of attack for every team moving forward. The following week, you have Kansas City. They're primarily a passing team, but I guarantee you they're going to try and attack the Steelers via the run. We know the Browns are going to come out the Steelers with Chubb and Hunt. And then closing out the season against the Ravens, you know what they're going to try to do too. So there's one thing to point out here, and that is that the Steelers know what's coming these next four weeks in terms of the offenses they face. They're going to really play Steelers smash mouth football against the Steelers defense and say, stop it. Can you stop it? And that's what's going to determine whether or not this team can be successful in these final four games. Can they muster up anything? Can they muster up even an average performance in the rushing defense in these final four contests? Can they do it? Do they even have the personnel to do it? Maybe you get Carlos Davis back out there from IR. Maybe Isaiah Bugs gets back out there. Maybe that helps a bit. Who knows? Maybe they do some things schematically. Who knows? Maybe they shift up who's playing inside backer. We saw that Joe Schobert came off the field, was sat down a bit. Buddy Johnson got some reps, and so did Marcus Allen there at inside backer. Maybe some tweaks and adjustments will happen there. But this Titans team, to go back to that game... Without Henry, that rushing attack is going to be somewhat weakened. And they have a decent passing attack. A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, 
that's a formidable duo. You have to wonder if maybe they'll try to attack the Steelers through the air, being that their stud runner is out. We don't know. But that's who's up next. And I went on record. I said it. The Steelers win. They win that Titans game. Call me crazy. Call me whatever you want. Look at how the season has played out. They lose a game. They win a game. You can't predict this team. But they're going to come out hungry. They'll find a way. They'll get this thing done against the Titans. And then from there, you have the Chiefs away. It's the day after Christmas. <sighs> I, I can't see them beating the Chiefs. I just can't. Not with Mahomes. I think this could be another Cincinnati-style blowout. I think Mahomes will have his way unless... T.J. Watt plays out of his mind. But that offense is so explosive. Tyree Kill. I think there's a 40-burger in waiting for the Steelers that contest. I don't think that's a win. And then the final two. They're AFC North games. Home against the Browns, Monday Night Football. Ben's potential last game ever at Heinz Field. Say what you will about this rushing defense. Say what you will about this Steelers team. Say what you will about this offensive line. I will say this too, and I'm going to put this on record too. Ben's last game at home field, or at Heinz Field, are you kidding me? They're winning that game. That crowd is going to be hyped. Those players are going to want to send Roethlisberger outright at home. That's a win, regardless of Nick Chubb, regardless of Kareem Hunt. That's Ben's final game potentially at Hinesfield. That's a win. So that puts him at two and one. And then the final game of the year against the Ratbirds in Baltimore, how fitting Ben's career began against the Ravens. When Tommy Maddox got injured and he stepped in and now his career may end against the Ravens in Baltimore. How fitting coming full circle. I don't have a feel on that game yet. It's way too early, but the way it could shape up, depending on how Cleveland, Cincinnati and Baltimore close out their seasons And imagine this for a second. Let's say that Steelers beat Tennessee, they beat Cleveland, they lose to Kansas City, they go two and one in those games. That puts them at eight, seven, and one with that deciding game being the contest versus the Ravens. And how about this? What if winning that Ravens game is the difference between a wild card berth and the end of the season. And again, I'm not saying they're going to make a run. And some of you out there say, well, what's the bother? Why even who? Why even want them to get in the playoffs because they're just going to get crushed anyway? Can you just stop and listen to yourself if you're saying that? You know how hard it is to make the postseason in the NFL? And yeah, once you get into the tournament, guess what? Anything can happen. 
Get out of here with that noise. So here's the thing. There's four games left. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. The reality, realistically, what's going to happen, and just being a realist here. Again, I'm, I, can all, I could be both. I could be optimistic, but I can also be a realist here. If you look at the way they've played, and you, especially the way they play defense and the way they've attempted to stop the run and, and have failed miserably, and the way this offensive line has struggled, what everybody should expect is that they tank. And not tank on purpose. It's just that from a personnel perspective, they can't get it done because they don't have the horses on either side of that line. That would be the most expected outcome. That they maybe go one and three in these final four games. That's the common thinking. That's the popular thinking. That's what the majority of beat writers are thinking. That's what the majority of fans are thinking. That one in three, and probably even 0 and four is the best this team can do these final four games. So here's your choice as a Steelers fan. What are you cheering for them to do? Are you seriously going to watch the next four games and cheer for them to lose so that they can get a better spot in this year's coming draft? So you're going to actively cheer for your team to lose? And here's the thing. You might improve your draft position by five to nine spots? Or are you going to cheer your team on to win and make the most out of these final four games? And here's the other piece. This potentially is Roethlisberger's final four games. As a fan, you have to ask yourself, do you want him to go out 0-4 as a losing quarterback? Is that how you want him to end his career? Or do you want him to go out as a winner? I think that question answers itself. And if you're thinking opposite, and I get the whole draft piece, but get some perspective here. And what you're actually saying. And what you're actively rooting for in terms of your Pittsburgh Steelers. So think about it. The Steelers could go 0-4. They're probably not going to lose four games in a row. They could go 1-3. That probably seems the most likely outcome. And I would say that win will come against Tennessee or Cleveland. They could go 2-2. If that's the case, I see them with wins over Tennessee and Cleveland. I think those are the two most winnable. They could go 3-1. To me, the three most winnable games, Tennessee, Cleveland, and Baltimore, because they've shown they can play with Baltimore, can beat Baltimore. And then the other possibility, 4-0, which seems like a long-shot miracle pipe dream. Very difficult for me to envision that. 
But that's the beauty of the NFL. That's the beauty of the Pittsburgh Steelers season. And there has been precedent. There have been nine and seven teams that have made it to the Super Bowl. Again, I'm not trying to give you false hope. I'm just giving you precedent. I'm just giving you logic. I'm just giving you facts. It has been done before. And again, I'm not saying that's going to happen this year, but what I am trying to tell you, it's not always going to be a neat and clean 14-3 and record or a 15-2 and record. It's not always sunshine. It's not always roses. It's not always a flower garden. This is football, ladies and gentlemen. Sometimes it's ugly. Sometimes it's nasty. Sometimes you don't even know what the hell you're watching. But know this. The Steelers have an opportunity still. They're not dead yet. The two areas that they need improving, and yes, it's a long shot. Their offensive line, their defensive line. Can they do that? Who knows? And the second part of the show, that's what I'm going to talk about, is how do they go about making any adjustments or improvements to the offensive line or to that defensive line in these final four contests? And can they make any type of improvement that can have an impact? We're going to talk about that next here on the Steel Study Podcast. All right, so what can this Steelers team do to try and improve to have any opportunity to make a push these final four games? And again, we know what the weakness is. It's been defined. It's been on display all season on the offensive line with some small improvements that then dissipate and fade away and then are followed up by some small improvements but there's no consistency and then on the defensive line with the injuries things just went into a downward spiral over these last several weeks so in order for this team to have any chance they've got to tighten up those two spots now here's the biggest problem is you're limited to the personnel that you currently have and there's not a lot of options quite honestly and the initial thinking is that you coach these guys up they play better and that's how this thing gets turned around but the reality and likelihood of that happening It's not so good. So what are some things that can be done? Well, on the offensive line, and this has been talked about for a long time, you can finally insert Zach Banner at right tackle and move a core four over to left tackle. We've seen what Dan Moore can do at left tackle at this point. Now, he may be better in year two. We've seen what a core four can do at right tackle. He's naturally a left tackle. It's time to make that adjustment. Give Banner the opportunity. That was the plan from the outset for him to start. So I think that's coming in this game against the Titans. 
the other piece, as much as Kendrick Green may develop into a quality player, right now he is not playing well. He hasn't played well. He routinely gets pushed deep into the backfield, oftentimes disrupting the play. Sometimes he's blocking air, as was evidenced against the Vikings. So you could give somebody else the opportunity at center. The big problem there is all the injuries right now on the offensive line. J.C. Hassenauer is out. Maybe if they could get Kevin Dotson back, they would have some position flexibility. He can go back to left guard. John LeGlue has played some center in camp. Maybe that's a possibility. But as Mike Tomlin said, that they would turn over every stone. They would look in every space. These are some of the things potentially that could be done. Now, even though these changes could be done and these tweaks to the starting lineup, that doesn't mean that it's going to engender improvement or improve play. But... They have to try something at this point on that offensive line to get a greater push in the running game and to give better protection to Ben Roethlisberger. So that's what can happen on the offensive line. On the defensive line, it's dire. There's not much that hasn't already been attempted that can be done. Now, barring some miraculous recovery and Stefan Tuitt returning back to the starting lineup, maybe we'll hear some news on him this Tuesday, but I think that ship has sailed. There are limitations in terms of what you could do on the defensive line. On the defensive line, you have your stalwart and Cameron Hayward. You have Montrevious Adams, whom they've tried to push into that nose tackle position. And with some success against Baltimore, he had some success against the Vikings, but he was also getting pushed back in very much a ragdoll fashion against the Vikings. The team has been beat up and has been relying on the likes of Henry Mondo. Isaiah Loudermilk, and Isaiah Bugs and Carlos Davis both did not play last week. Carlos Davis has not played in a significant period of time. And not saying that they're going to be the be-all, end-all super improvement to this defensive line. But I think they can give an output better than what Mondo has to this point. And... That's what we have to hope for. Best case scenario, you have a healthy Davis, you have a healthy Bugs. Montrevis Adams is out there, then you have a rotation. And you don't have to have Mondo playing as many snaps as he is. And then from there, you're going to need a better performance from your inside linebackers. Now, Devin Bush did play slightly better 
against the Vikings. He wasn't great. Joe Schobert did not play well at all. Buddy Johnson got snaps. Maybe they start giving Johnson more snaps. He is a rookie. But at this point in the season, everything needs to be attempted to improve the run defense. So maybe they give him more snaps. I didn't watch him closely in that Vikings game. I have to do a bit more of that. But I think, again, if Tomlin is saying turn over every stone, these are things that he has to try. What else is there to lose? But what else is going to be needed on this defense is TJ Watt has to stay healthy. Alex Highsmith has to stay healthy. Joe Hayden needs to get back out onto the field. And then those guys, if they could play at their highest level as game changers, as the game changers that they are, that might help take some of the pressure off the run defense. So the stars of this team, your Cameron Haywards, your TJ Watts, your Joe Haydens, your Minka Fitzpatricks, those guys are going to have to elevate to that elite level. They're going to have to perform at an elite level those final four contests. And their performance, you have to hope, uplifts every other player on that defense and players with promise like Alex Highsmith. You have to hope that he elevates his game. You have to hope that guys like Isaiah Loudermilk elevates his game. You have to hope that guys like Devin Bush starts to elevate his game and at least gets to an average output. You have to hope that Carlos Davis, who I don't believe has even played this year, can show something. You have to hope that Isaiah Bugs can at least be serviceable. But it's got to start with their leaders on that defense to make a push. That's what has to happen. They have quality players on this defense But for whatever reason, it's not enough to overcome those weaknesses, those gaps, those holes. But somehow they're going to have to build the defensive game plan around those four. Hayden, Fitzpatrick, Watt, Hayward. How you do that, I'm not a defensive coach. Not even sure if you can do it. Can they do something schematically? Can they make adjustments schematically? Do they shift out of a 3-4 base run defense? Do they try to shift to a 4-3? But even to do that, you don't have the defensive lineman unless you do something unique with your outside backers. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here, but I think as difficult it is for me to generate some ideas about how they can improve this defense, I'm sure the coaching staff is probably at a loss too for what they could do to make improvements. And then the last thing that I'll mention is offensively. Just put the ball in Ben's hands. Mac Canada and his offense need to take a back seat these final four games you run that up-tempo offense you run the muddle huddle you run the no huddle that's what you do for four games 
because when they're trying to play within a rhythm, and this is what I was saying that Ben needed to do from the outset of the season, that he had to play within a system, that he had to be Ben 2.0. But you know what? After that contest versus the Vikings, it's the offensive line. It's not Ben. It was the offensive line last year. It wasn't Ben. It was the lack of running game last year. It wasn't Ben. Just let Ben drop back however many times he needs to. Let him run that offense. Let him run the hurry up. Because when they do that, that's when they've scored their points. What they're doing now doesn't work. So if I'm making changes this week, I got Zach Banner at right tackle. I've got Chooks moving over to left tackle. I'm doing something different at center. I'm benching Chase Claypool to send a message for his arrogance. Yeah, I know he's provided things in the in the passing game, but he's got to sit. The message needs to be sent to him. Sit him down. On the defensive side of the ball, get Carlos Davis out there as much as possible. Isaiah Bugs out there as much as possible. I'm giving Buddy Johnson as many snaps as I possibly can. Getting Joe Schobert off the field as much as I can. I'm looking at schematic things. Shifting from a 3-4 to a 4-3. Again, I know they don't have the defensive lineman, but can you do something to where you have one inside backer? You're using your outside linebackers as a down lineman. Getting creative there, I don't know. And then you're building your defensive game plan around your stars, your Minka Fitzpatrick, your Joe Hayden, your Cameron Hayward, your TJ Watt. And then you see where it goes from there. They've got to try something different here. They've got to try something different. They can't continue to go forward the way they've been doing thing with the same results. And that's not to say that that's even going to work or create positivity for this team moving forward in terms of wins. But at least they'd be trying. And I don't want to get ahead of myself, but They've got to prioritize the offensive line for next season. You have all that cap space looking for. I would start on the interior at the guard position. Try to find just a stud guard. I think Brandon Scherf, 29 years old, he plays for the Washington football team will be a free agent. He was franchise tagged the last two years. Potentially the Steelers could look at him. But they need to prioritize the O-line. Don't give up the faith yet. Four more games to go. This story is not yet fully written. We'll see what happens. And that is the end 
of episode number 31 of the Still Study Podcast. Hang in there, my black and gold brethren. We will get through this. Make sure you're enjoying what could be the final games of Big Ben Roethlisberger. His time here in Pittsburgh. Make sure you're enjoying your weekend. Enjoy this Steelers free Sunday. It's a stress-free Sunday for you. You don't have to worry about sitting on the edge of your seat waiting for the Steelers to kick a last-second field goal to bring home the win or getting blown out in the first half and them scrambling at the end to pull it around for a potential victory. Enjoy this break. We'll be back next week with a lot more content on the Still Study in the form of study sessions, Still Study podcasts, more articles. You name it, it will be there. Tomlin's press conference on Tuesday. And hey, we're getting closer to Christmas, man. So make sure that you are getting your Christmas shopping done because that's coming soon. And I will see you next week back here on the Still Study Podcast on the Still Study. Peace, everyone. Make it a phenomenal Sunday.